Welcome to this week's podcast from Terrelgan City Church. We hope this message transforms and equips you to reach out. For more information about what's happening at TCC, head to mytcc.com.au or check us out on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. 25 children in kids' ministry. I'm excited about that. Children are the future. They're the leaders, the, the leaders of our, our next generation. And it's interesting, you know, I'm talking about um, generational things today, about serving in the house, but just what happens when you forget about generations and what, what can go on. And so, um, you know, I'm excited. We're going to see a victory over this city. You know, Terrelgan, um, Latrobe Valley, uh, for years and years, it's sort of had like this thing hanging over it that never seems to be a breakthrough. But we're going to see a victory and, and part of that victory is God planting us in this place uh, for a season. You know, it's not forever, but it's for a season to really uh, spearhead what God wants to do into our community. And uh, when we were praying uh, with the leaders the other night, I just really felt the Lord just say that this is the training ground for what God's going to do and where he's going to take us. Um, he's setting us up to be mobile, to go anywhere, to spearhead into any direction, whatever he wants to do. And uh, God is just preparing us uh, in that area. So that's awesome, isn't it? Um, you know, we go from a, a packed house last week to, um, you know, not so packed this week. But it doesn't matter. God's in control. And we're going to see a victory over this city. Do you believe it? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray. Lord, we just thank you for this day and we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that we can come into this place freely to hear your word, to praise you, to worship. Lord, we can see our children being taught in children's ministry, Lord, all the things that you want to teach them and, and take them further. And we just surrender to your Holy Spirit today. Lord, that I know from experience as a, as a minister, Lord, that it's not always the words that are spoken uh, from the pulpit or from uh, the stage, Lord, but it's more the Holy Spirit speaking into people's lives, Lord, through the service in Jesus' name. And that starts at the very beginning, Lord, from the time people begin to come into church, Lord, or even wake of a morning and prepare for the Sunday service. So Holy Spirit, I just ask, have your way in our lives this morning as we hear your word and as we continue on with this service in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read to you from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, uh, starting in verse 2. And it says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others." In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very, very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. I know when I was younger, uh, much, much younger, uh, about 18 or 19, I had all these ambitions of becoming a millionaire, uh, making a lot of money, um, doing a lot of things. I worked with my dad in our own business in earth moving for a while and 
Um, then I got involved in a multi-level marketing company that I thought was going to just make us the millions that was going to set us up for life. And, uh, you know, really that time in that multi-level marketing company actually didn't set me up with millions, but it set me up with an attitude of serving others and loving others and actually praying for others because the people that we were involved with with that company uh, were evangelistic in nature. And little did I know that they'd been praying for me and they'd been praying for others. And, you know, Sharon mentioned before about Josh putting down the names of the people that he's praying for. Well, you know, through that company, people were praying for me. And then when I got saved and my wife got saved, we began to pray. We began to tick off and mark others on the list who we were praying for. Dave and Michelle Hammett were one of the couples that we had on our list that we were praying for to see saved. And so God works, you know, through amazing things. But I had this attitude and this mindset that I was going to make millions. And, and uh, you know, that didn't really happen. Not yet anyway. Who knows? God could still bring it to pass. But I'm not so concerned about the millions anymore because I'm more concerned about serving God and loving God and serving his people and, and seeing this city saved. And uh, I'm excited about what God's doing through our church and, and through the leaders and through us as a congregation. I remember also when I first became uh, an ordained minister in the Apostolic Church. Um, it's now called Acts Global Church. But I remember having to go uh, and sit before the leaders of the National Church uh, it was sort of like a, an interview time. And I was very nervous about this. I'd had no uh, biblical or Bible training and to this day still don't have any um, formal Bible training. But I sat before these leaders and they began to ask me questions. Pastor Bill Pullen was the senior minister at the time and I was to become his associate a pastor. And I remember sitting there and they were asking me all these questions about, um, you know, uh, what did I think about becoming a minister and what was my goals and, and my vision? And, and I, I remember thinking, oh, you know, what, what do I say? Do I say, oh, we're going to be a church of a thousand because that's what I felt God had spoken into my spirit? And, you know, do I, do I say this or do I say that? And I must have been thinking about it too long because they didn't actually, um, I didn't get to answer the question. They asked me another question and then I really immediately clicked on to what they were actually looking for. And they were looking for an answer from me to say, well, hey, you know, uh, I'm here to support our pastor. I'm here to support Pastor Bill Pullen. You know, his vision is my vision. And, you know, as his associate pastor, I will support him. And when I realised that that's what it was about, because that was my heart anyway, I thought, yeah, that's, that's great. And so I had, had these things and going through in, in my mind. And, uh, you know, I said that. I said, I'm here to support Pastor Bill. And what I found out, what they were looking for, is they were looking for an attitude in me before they said, hey, we're going to ordain you as a, a minister. Uh, they were looking for an attitude of servanthood, of uh, me actually not saying, well, I'm going to be the big pin and I'm going to take this church to the next level and all this sort of stuff. And they were looking for what my attitude was towards Pastor Bill and to serving the church. And it's interesting that I've had so many people since I stepped down from the senior pastor of this church and passed it on to my daughter pastor megan uh, i've had so many people when we've gone to different uh, functions or different leadership meetings people come to me and say megan is your dad offended by you or how's that gone for you too you know uh, normally when there's a change of ministry or a change of leadership what happens is that one person becomes offended or or the senior minister that's stepping down gets offended and and, and I just say, you've got to be joking. You know, that's not my heart. 
Because when I stepped down from the ministry, my, my, uh, my attitude was, hey, I'm going to champion my daughter, Megan, as the senior leader of this church. And, you know, um, some people think as you get older, well, you step back from, from doing the ministry. But no, I, I stepped in. I thought, no, I'm going to do it. I said, Megan, whatever you want me to do, uh, you just tell me to do it. And I will serve you and I'll serve the church and I'll get excited about it. Because it's, for me, it wasn't about a minister or being a pastor or being the senior leader. It was always been about serving God and serving him in this area. And, and I think that, that if I could say anything to any person that's aspiring to leadership or aspiring to do something mighty in the Lord is you just got to be a servant in your heart and in your mind. And not worry about uh, um, being up here or, or being a part of the music team, but just worry about serving God and serving the senior ministry of this church and saying, we want to see this city taken. What, what am I saying all this for? Because the older I get, the more I realise that we are responsible to pass on to the next generation. The older I become, that even though I've stepped back from the senior, senior leadership, I become more passionate about seeing Megan, uh, Pastor Megan and her family championed in the, in the leadership of this church and seeing other young people championed in the ministry and growing in the ministry because ultimately when we, we think about ministry and we think about evangelism, it's generational. And, and I had a, a God place in my heart. I had a dream about this church being a, a thousand of, in number and, and bigger. And I remember Pastor Bill coming to me when he was the senior leader of the church and saying, you know, this is what God spoke to me. It actually was prophesied over him at a national conference in Geelong many, many years ago that they would come in ones and twos and threes and fours, tens and twenties and fifties. They would come on planes and trains and uh, buses. They would come to this place. This was the vision and the prophecy that was prayed over him. And yet he's passed on to me, the senior leadership, and I've passed on uh, my senior leadership to my daughter, Megan, who will probably pass it on to someone else as she gets older. And, you know, I haven't seen the thousand yet but I know that it's a generational vision and Pastor Bill knew that it was a generational vision and I know my daughter knows that it's a generational vision because all we've got to do is serve God and he will bring that to pass he will bring it to pass and I realise that there's a responsibility on and there's a responsibility on every one of us here to champion the next generation there's an urgency and a passion to see that take place. And, and I said, I believe when God places a vision or a desire that it's not just for a generation, but it's for generations. Uh, I'm always excited to see young people getting excited about God. I'm excited to see 25 children in children's ministry last Sunday. You know, and if you're not excited about that, then you need to check your salvation. <laughs> that could sound a bit harsh. Because seeing 25 children in children's ministry, if you add the family to that, that's 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 people that possibly could be touched for Jesus Christ. And one Sunday, that's amazing. That excites me. And God's plan for the whole world is that people come to know him. Is that right? Absolutely. That's why he died. For God so loved the world that he gave his own, one and only son. He died that and gave his one and only son that whoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have an eternal life. And I asked you a question this morning. What are you doing today to impact the next generation? A challenge. What are you doing to impact the next generation?
Your world doesn't stop with you, it goes beyond. And, you know, when uh, I first passed on to Pastor Megan, when I say I passed it on, I didn't really pass it on because it was there for her to, to, to step into that ministry. But I did think for a moment, what am I going to do now? I did think as that transition took place, what am I going to do now? And I felt the Lord say to me that you're going to do the same as what you were doing before. Just serving me and championing the cause of Christ over this city. And, you know, my heart is if the Lord doesn't come back before I pass on, you know, from this earth. And I'm going to look down on the generation saying, well, I had a part to play in that. And you have the same opportunity to say, I had a part to play in that. When you see this church of a thousand plus, you can say, I had a part to play in that. And I'm excited, and I want to tell you today that I'm excited. And you may not have realised that yet, but I'm excited. Because when I pass on, it's not finished. That excites me more than anything else. That when I'm dead and gone and in the grave, uh, it's not finished. It's not finished. When you're dead and gone and in the grave, it's not finished. Your children will pass on the legacy of what you've planted in their life. And what you pass on to the next generation will transition and pass on to the next generation. See, God is a generational God. He's generational. And we read that, you know, we read about the generational that he talks about in the scriptures. All the generations. And sometimes that can be a bit boring, but that tells me that he's a generational God. It's not just for now. Even when I'm old and grey, do not forsake me, God, for I declare your power to the next generation your mighty acts to all to come. You know what the danger is for the church of today? You know what the danger is for us? Is to get caught up in self, to get caught up in now. You know, I could have, I could have thought and had the attitude, well, woe is me, what am I going to do now? You know, I'm not the senior minister anymore. Um, it's just look out, you know, what am I going to do? Oh, woe is me. And you might be here today in, in your 70s or your 80s and you might think, well, it's over. No, it's not. It's only just begun. You might be 10, 12 and out in the children's ministry, they can't hear me. What am I going to do? It's only just begun for them, but it's only just begun for you as well. And it's interesting, and I've used this scripture a lot over the years as a minister, but it really touched my heart when I first read this passage of Scripture because it talks about what happens when God's power and God's authority is not passed on to the next generation. And it's, we read it in Joshua, Judges chapter 2, verse 7. And it says, The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and, and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. And Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance at Timath Heres, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, so after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. What happened in Joshua's generation after living a life of such great faith, seeing countless signs and wonders and winning so many victories, 
Joshua and his generation dropped the baton from one generation to the next. By God's grace, they had defeated the Amalekites. They'd crossed the Jordan River on dry ground. Miracles after miracles, they'd seen the walls of Jericho come down and even seen the sun stand still. Yet after all the miracles that showed the power and and authority and the provision of a mighty God, the next generation, an entire generation, it says, did not know the Lord or the work he had done for Israel. What happened? God's power and authority was not shown to the next generation. And it says there that they did not know the Lord or the work he had done for Israel. We have a responsibility, no matter whether you're preaching, playing, singing on the mixing desk, sitting in the chairs here today. It doesn't matter where you are. We are all the same ministers called with the commission of Christ to take the salvation to the next generations in this city. Every one of us are called the same. It's not the responsibility of me. It's not the responsibility of Pastor Megan. Yes, we give direction and we we give input and we pray and all that stuff, but it's the whole responsibility of the whole church, the one body of Christ, to bring the gospel to the world. Is there anyone struggling here today? We, the church, are entrusted to pass on the baton to the next generation A quote from William James, you might not know who he is, but it's a great quote. It says, the great use of life is to spend it for something that will outlast it. The great great use of life is to spend it for something that will outlast it. I'm excited that my life when it's over is not over. It will be passed down through my children and through the people in this church that have known me for so many years, uh, my ministry, whether it's been good or bad, um, I'll get before the Lord and he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant, even though you may not think it was so faithful at the time. But it doesn't matter. I know that when I'm gone, it will be passed on. And we tend to think and focus on the lives of here and now, but God was there from the beginning and he will be there at the end. He is the Alpha, the Omega, and what? That's it. And he's not looking for what's happening now. He's looking way ahead of where we're at. Way ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Why am I saying this today? Because if we only think of a generation, our generation, then we'll say, no way, it can't happen. And I felt during the week, we met with the oversight and the leaders of the church, and as we were praying, I felt the Lord speaking to my heart again, afresh about, what it is to not just think about your own generation. And, and we know that it's a big effort to come of a Sunday morning and to set up. Uh, for those that are on the setup team, they're here at 11 o'clock and normally home by 5.30. It's a whole day of effort. And, and, you know, and I began to feel and think, you know, man, this is a big task. And I know some of us have... 
But then on Sunday when I seen the chairs packed and the children's ministry of 25, I said in my heart, Lord, I said in my heart, Lord, I'll do this forever. I'll do this forever. If that's what you ask of me, I don't mind the effort and the, and the, the stress and the tiredness. If we see fruit and we see the church growing and we see children's ministry growing, I'll do it forever. And I know that's the heart of everyone. And I think the Lord was encouraging me to say, hey, this is just the beginning of where we're at. It's going to be bigger than this and it's going to be bigger than you and it's not going to be just you. You know, rain is a sign of blessing. Thank you, Lord. And if you understand that you are a part of the bigger picture, that it's not just about Sunday morning here, but if you truly understand that you're a part of the huge picture that God has, then nothing will be too difficult for you. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he would receive as his inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob and heirs of that same promise. And he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself, who also received strength to conceive uh, the seed and the bore, bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man and, and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the skies in the multitudes, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. They all died in faith. Abraham, Sarah, they all died in faith. Jacob, having not receive the promises that God had for them. But having been, had, they had seen them from afar off and were assured of them and they embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. King David had a, a passion and a dream to build the temple for the Lord, but he didn't get to build it. It was Solomon, his son, who built it. And after conferring with Nathan, the prophet Nathan tells David to, to do what he desires. Then the Lord comes to, the, to Nathan in the night and tells him to tell David, he's not the one to build the temple. Well, you think David might have got his nose out of the joint because he was the king, you know, he was the kingpin, but he didn't. He didn't get his nose out of joint because it was a bigger picture in place. He didn't chuck a fear to a nasty one. He just praised the Lord and, and it was King David that provided the money and the materials for the building of the temple to his son. He championed the cause of the next generation. And we're here today, yes, to, to minister in all the fullness that God has for us, but each one of us are here to champion the cause of Christ in whatever way he does that. And I, I want to tell you that he, he will use you if you just open your hearts and, and your souls and your minds and just say, God, here I am, whatever it is, Whatever it is. King David said to Solomon, I've worked hard getting many of the materials for the building of the temple of the Lord. I've supplied you about seven and one half million pounds of gold. This is what King David 
provided for his son, about 75 million pounds of silver, so much bronze and iron it cannot be weighed, and wood and stone you, that you may add to them. You have many workmen, stone cutters, bricklayers, carpenters, and people skilled in every kind of work. They are skilled in working with gold, silver, bronze, and iron. You have more craftsmen than can be counted. Now begin the work and may the Lord be with you. This was King David to his son Solomon saying, here, here you go. I'm giving you and I'm providing you and I'm championing the cause. You go for it, son. May the Lord be with you. I wonder as I've been speaking this morning, whether you just thought in your own heart, hey, what can I do to champion and impact the next generation? can serve God you can serve him in your family you can serve him in this church you can be a part of building the next generation I wonder this morning as you've been listening as I, I draw to a close if you've been thinking what can I do how can I impact the next generation I want to, Lord, but I'm not sure what to do. I remember a, a prophet coming to me once and saying, Chris, you know, if we do nothing else but just minister to our own family, I had five children, he had five children. He said, if we just minister to our own children and are faithful in what God has placed in our hands, he said, we can touch millions and millions of lives I've never forgotten it and you might be asking yourself what can I do what can I do well you can do anything you just need to hear from the Lord for yourself what can I do what can I do how can I impact the next generation I don't know how many children are out in children's ministry today. But I, I tell you, we had a, a, another lady rostered on to help with the children's ministry today and she sent a message this morning saying that she was, had hurt her back and she couldn't minister. And Nicole come on the, the team messenger group and said, Elijah said, he put his hand up straight away. I, I'll help in children's ministry. What can you do? Here's one thing you can do. You can say, put your hand up and say, here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. Not worry about, oh, well, where's he going to send me? Or what's he going to get me to, maybe he wants me to clean the toilets. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. But this is how it works. If you put your hand up and you say, God, send me, and you surrender your life to him, he will use you to touch lives of thousands, of millions of people. Because he's not looking for talent. He's not looking for experience. He's just looking for a surrendered heart. He's looking for a surrendered heart that says, Lord, here am I, send me, Lord. If you want me to go out into children's ministry, I'll go out into children's ministry. If you want me to go to the Philippines, I'll go to the Philippines. If you want me to go to the jails, I'll go to the jails. But here am I, Lord, no matter what it is, send me. He's not looking for experience. He's not looking for talent. He's not looking for an amazing guitarist like me. He's not looking for a really amazing guitarist like Zeb. 
He's just looking for people with a heart that says, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. And you watch what God will do. If we just come to that place of surrendering to God and allowing Him to move us in the direction that He wants instead of having a plan and saying, well, you know, I I will serve, but, you know, I want a microphone. Or I will serve, but I want to be on the door. I want to be on the coffee. Or I will serve, you know, and we put these expectations on it. God will never use you. I can tell you now, He will never use you because He's looking for a servant heart, a heart that's surrendered and says, Lord, here am I, send me. If that's you, I just wonder, if you, if you want to say this morning, afresh today, Lord, here am I, send me. I don't care what it is, but send me, Lord. I'm not too afraid because you know, the, the other side of that, of surrendering to Him, the other side of surrendering to Him and saying, here am I, Lord, send me. He's not going to send you somewhere where you can't handle. He's not. He might challenge you. But He won't send you to somewhere that's beyond your capabilities. If you want to say that, Lord, here am I, send me, no matter what. And that can be scary. Because you opening up your heart and your mind and your life to Him, you're opening up every part of you to say, Lord, well, here I'm, I just want to surrender to you, Lord. I don't care what it is. Use me. He will use you. And I want to close with that challenge this morning. And it's always challenging when you challenge because you don't know what's going to happen. But I want to challenge you this morning to just say, Lord, here am I. And I want you to stand with me this morning and say, here am I, send me. Maybe it's to the next generation. Maybe it's to your generation. But if if that's on your heart and people are standing, you're standing here, I can see that your heart is that you want God to use you to touch this nation. I get a bit emotional. I've been praying, God, break my heart for it, break yours. And I tell you, he's just looking for hearts surrendered to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as we stand here together this morning, and we say afresh to you, Lord, here am I, send me. I surrender, Lord, to your directing, your guiding, Lord, just as Moses was sent out, he didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he went out on the journey, Lord, because his heart was surrendered to you to serve you. And Lord, I see every person here standing, Lord, their heart is, Lord, I want to serve you and whatever it is. And so we stand before you, God, we stand before you, Holy Spirit, we stand before you, Jesus, Son of God, And we surrender to all that you have for us and our families and our church and all that you desire for us, Lord. And we say, send us. Send us, Lord. Send us for your purpose and your plan to this community. Send us, Lord, to our generation. Send us, Lord, to the generations that are to come. Send us, Lord, into this city 
that your word and your power would go forth and we would see salvations and after salvations, after salvations. Lord, send us to our own families. Lord, under the anointing and power of your Holy Spirit, we surrender to you this morning, this afternoon. We surrender to you, all to you. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. Lord, and even as we are standing here just waiting on you, Holy Spirit, you're speaking into hearts and you're speaking into lives. Lord, you're just refreshing. Lord, burnt out dreams. You're refreshing burnt out desires, Lord, that, that were placed in hearts years ago, Lord, and you're refreshing that. We surrender to you, Holy Spirit. We surrender to you, God, our Father. We surrender to you, Jesus Christ. Have your way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, as the coming days following this day, Lord, as we go through this week, Lord, we'll continue to just raise our hand and say, Lord, here am I, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. that I may be your servant, Lord, and serve you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. For more information about Torelgan City Church, check out mytcc.com.au.